for Him. Not for the world, of course, not for the flesh, uh, but also not, not for the church, for religiosity, but that you're living your life for a person. See, it's not about being a Baptist or a Methodist or a Catholic or a Presbyterian or Pentecostal. It's, uh, it's not about being religious. It's about being a Christian uh, for the love and for the glory and honor of God. If you have your Bibles, let's uh, turn to the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. We're going to look at nearly all of it. Verse 1 through 24, what I want to talk to you about. The remainder of our time this morning is Christian character. Christian character. Uh, by the way, if there's been no fellowship and walking with the Lord here in this life, in this world, there will be no fellowship in walking with the Lord in the next. Amen? Uh, death doesn't actually change anything in your heart. It doesn't, it doesn't change your faith or your commitment or your belief or, or uh, your trust uh, or your faithfulness to the Lord. Either you are in love with Him and living for Him here and now, uh, or you will not be in love with Him and living for Him in heaven. Uh, I hope and trust that you have settled that issue before you leave this world. Uh, the believers here at Colossae, that uh, the church that we're going to be reading about, uh, are reminded in these verses that uh, as Christians, there are some things that we've got to put off that aren't consistent. They're actually inconsistent with uh, the Christian faith. Uh, you cannot be a Christian and live the same old life that you used to live. Uh, I was uh, talking with a guy this weekend that uh, has a few issues in his life and I was counseling with him and uh, let him know that, that I, in order to be a Christian, to be Christian, not to be saved. So you can be saved and not be living a Christian life. You can be saved and not actually be Christian in your lifestyle. And uh, he has some, some habits uh, in his life. And I uh, talked to him, asked him about him. He said he didn't see any, any uh, great need in forsaking those things. And uh, he didn't realize that what it was that he was doing was actually sin. And I expressed to him in no uncertain terms that certainly the things that he was involved in were sin in the eyes of a holy and righteous God. And that uh, without forsaking, confessing, and repenting, and turning away from those things, that it is impossible not only to be Christian, but without repentance, without turning away from our sin, it's impossible to be saved. It is impossible to be a child of God. So there are some things that we need to put off, but there are some also things that we as Christians need to put on. We'll be discussing those as well. There are some things to let in. There are some things to let out. And there are some things that we need to look up for. Amen? So I have five points here that I want to talk about. If you have your Bibles open to Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1, it reads like this. If ye then be risen, and I like the way he starts that verse out, if, if ye then be risen with Christ, 
seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, and not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life... Boy, I like that. Do you realize that Christ is not just a part of our life if we are Christians? That if we are Christians, Christ Himself is our life, and everything else in our life makes up you know, the parts of our lives that become our activities, the things that we do. But church is not something that we do. Church is something that we are. Christ is not just a person, another friend that we have in our life. Christ is our life. And we have surrendered our life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. He is our life. And He shall appear in verse 3. And then shall ye also appear with Him in glory. Therefore mortify your members which are upon this earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, uh, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Did you realize that covetousness, desiring things that God has not given you, that is a type of idolatry, for which things sake uh, the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which he also walked, Sometime when you lived in those things. But now you also put off all of these. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against you, so do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, love, which is the bond of perfection or perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body. And be ye thankful. Let the Word of God, let the Word of Christ Dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands and uh, as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing in the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men-pleasers, but in singleness of heart. 
fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men, knowing that the Lord, that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance for service, for ye serve the Lord Christ. Let's pray. Father, again, we love you. We thank you for the reading of your word. God, let it burn deeply into our hearts, into our minds, into our very souls. Help us, God, to get up from this place and to leave, but never be the same. God, that we might be more surrendered to you than we've ever been in our lives. Help us to realize that it is the Christian character, the inward character, the nature of Christ. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. The fruit of the Spirit that we should be living in and, and bearing to the world around us. That they might see you and be drawn to you. Not to the church. Not, not to religiosity or even to a book. But God, that they might be drawn to you. Lord, we'll give you the praise and the glory for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're going to be looking, breaking this down a little bit, but uh, I also picked a verse, a few verses in Galatians chapter 5. If you want to turn there, you can, or you can just trust me as I read it to you. But some things that we should put off. Of course, we should put off the fruit or um, the works, if you will, of the flesh. They're found in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 19 through 21. And it reads like this, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and the such like. Of the which I tell you before and have also told you in time past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, boy, I'll tell you what. That takes in a lot of stuff. That we as Christians, that once we become Christians, once we are born again by the power of the Holy Spirit, renewing, illuminating, regenerating, and drawing us to Himself. And then by regeneration, we bend the knee and bow the head and surrender our hearts and lives to Christ. And once we are saved, now the power of the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us and old things should pass away. And these things, the, the things of the flesh, those are the things that should be put away or put off. It, it almost talks about it in um, Colossians chapter 3 and, and uh, verse 1 through 24 where it says the things that you should put off. It almost talks about it as, as taking off your, your robe and you, you fold it up and you lay it aside and then you pick up a fresh, clean garment and you unfold it or take it out of the closet and you shake it out and you put on a new set of clothes. Well, listen, that's the way we should fold away the old man and put him out of our lives, no longer to live the life of sin, no longer to live the life of flesh, of worldliness, godlessness. But all of those things that were mentioned in Galatians chapter 5, we should put those away as though they were a filthy, because they are, they are sinful things. Notice also in Colossians chapter uh, 3 and verse 9 what it says there. 
It says, lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. Now the deeds, that's the old carnal mind, the carnal flesh, the corruption that lives under the bondage of the deceitfulness of sin. It's the lust of the flesh. Ephesians 4.22 says this, put ye off concerning the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. Now that means that we ought to throw off that old man like it was a wet, hot blanket. I remember when God the Holy Spirit came to live on the inside of me when I bent the knee and bowed the head and surrendered the Lordship of my life to Jesus Christ. I took me off of the throne, put Him on the throne, and I was living a horrible life. The life that I lived felt as though I were literally under that wet, hot blanket out in the middle of a hayfield in the middle of August. I don't know how many of you have ever hauled hay. Anybody know what it's like to haul hay in, in the summertime in Louisiana where it's so humid and so hot you can't hardly breathe? And I felt like I was in that hayfield under a, under a, a wool blanket that had been soaked and I was sitting out there in that 102 degree weather and it was so humid under that blanket that I absolutely could not suck in a breath of air. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit of God took hold of my heart. And the only way that I can describe it is all of a sudden, I stood up under that blanket and threw it off and caught, it was as though I was in this air-conditioned room, and caught the first breath of cool, fresh air that I had breathed in years. My friend, we've got to throw off the old man that we used to be putting, I know, for I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. We cannot crucify the old flesh. We have to crucify Him every day. We have to kill Him every day. We have to put Him to death every day. We have to throw Him off every day and catch that new breath of air when we wake up in the morning. He's never really dead. The old nature doesn't die. He's still alive. He's still there. And we've got to realize that the greatest enemy that we have lives on the inside of us. It's the old nature. It's the flesh. And we need to crucify Him every day. The old man with his deeds. But it also says, you look back at verse 5 through 8, it's not only the old man of verse 9, but in verse 5 through 8 it says, Mortify therefore the deeds, or mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. And it names all of these things. Fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate affection, evil concuspicence, uh covetousness, which is idolatry. And then uh, verse 6, it says this, For which things say, the wrath of God come on children of disobedience. And we can be the children of God and still be living the life of disobedience. Now if it's a lifestyle, more than likely we're not the children of God. We all have sins which doth so easily beset us. But my friend, if we are not fighting against them, if we are allowing them space, in our lives, then we have become children of disobedience in the which ye also walked sometimes when ye lived in them. See, we're not living in them anymore, but we're still allowing them to have a space in our heart and in our life. But now ye also put off all of these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication uh, out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. So anger, unholy passions, ill will towards brothers and sisters, 
in Christ and evil speaking. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 puts it like this. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which doth so easily beset us. My friend, we are running a race. We are fighting a fight. We've got a job to do. A spiritual Christian life to live. And we have absolutely no business being burdened down with the things of the flesh. I mentioned this morning what a verse, uh, what effect it had in my life a couple of minutes ago when it talks about a soldier not becoming a soldier of God, a soldier uh, of Christianity, not becoming entangled again with the things of the flesh or the things of this world. My friend, there's a lot of good things in this life that we as Christians should not become entangled in anymore because they rob us of our Christian power of our Christian livelihood, of the influence that we have in people's lives. In Sunday school, we were talking about drinking. And, eat, you know, Paul said, uh, if eating meat offended my brother, uh, you know, he went down to the um, place where you can buy cheap meat on the, on the street. And uh, that meat, uh, that cow had been sacrificed to a false god. And uh, he said, we know that there are no other gods and offering a sacrifice to another god is no more than offering it to a, to a fly or an ant. Uh, they have no power in our lives whatsoever. And to go down there and buy a, a cheap steak, it's a good deal. Why not? Well, I'll tell you why not. Even though we are li- uh, liberated from the things of the law, we're not under the law anymore. We've been set free from that. And I can eat a steak that's been offered to an idol. That idol is nothing. I can drink a glass of wine if I feel like it with my steak. But my friend, what is a steak? What is meat? What is drink when it comes to offending a weaker brother that may not believe and understand the things that we understand? Do you understand that we need to set those things aside? That we may be pleasing to God rather than pleasing to ourselves. That we may love and esteem our brother that we may love the world and the people of the world more than we even love ourselves, that we might have the influence and the power to reach into their life. If they see you eating that, if they see you drinking that, you have no more testimony, no more power in their lives. Our children, our grandchildren, the people that we love and care about, they look at us through the eyes of hypocrisy and all they see is a hypocrite saying one thing and doing something else, even though what we've done is not wrong. And we know it, but they don't. Then, my friend, we need to put them first, above ourselves, above our liberty. Well, not only the things to put off, but also look at the things to put on. Galatians again, if you'll turn back uh, to Galatians uh, chapter uh, 5. We'll look at uh, a few more Verses there, verses 22 through 24. And it says this, but the fruit of the Spirit. See, we were talking about the works of the flesh or the fruit of the flesh in verse 19. But in 22, it says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is this, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified or put off the things of the flesh with the affections and the lust. And if we and if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. We've got to set aside the things of the flesh, put on the things of the Spirit, and live a life that brings glory and honor to God. Now in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 10, it says this. 
and have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of Him that created Him. You see, God created me. And He created me in the image and in the likeness of God. Oh, I wasn't born in the image and likeness of God. And nobody else on the face of the earth has been since Adam and Eve sinned. Only Adam and Eve were created in the image and likeness of God. After Adam and Eve sinned, then Cain killed his brother, then Seth was born. When Seth was born, it said that Seth was born in the image of sinful Adam. And all of us have been created or born in this likeness of sinful Adam. And we've got to put those things off and put on the new man, which is created after the image of God. How do we do that? By faith and trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. My friend, the Holy Spirit of God does not create the, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance on the inside of you if you do not have the Holy Spirit of God living on the inside of you. There is a prerequisite to being able to put on the things of the Spirit. First of all, you have to have the Holy Spirit of God living on the inside of you. He that hath not the Spirit of God is none of His. To put on the new man is to give the Lord Jesus Christ His rightful place in your heart and in your life. For Him to live His life through us, in us, living on the throne of our hearts. Tenderheartedness, kindness, lowliness of mind, long-suffering. That's what it says in verse 12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, Bowels of mercy, kindness, humility, or humbleness of mind, and meekness, and long-suffering. Boy, verse 14 goes on to say this, and above all these things, put on charity. You see, charity is that fruit of the Spirit, which is love. And I can't put on any of those things until the Holy Spirit of God is living on the inside of me. Old things are passed away, I'm a new creation and the love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit of God, when I by grace through faith receive Him as my Lord and Savior, and He comes to take up residence on the inside of me. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 12 says this, May the love of God constrain us to be more like Him. More like Him. Conformed to the image of of Christ. What is the image of Christ? Again, it is the fruit of the Spirit. When I look at you and I see love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, I don't see you, I see Him. When you look at me and you see that fruit of the Spirit in my life, then you don't see me prayerfully. You see Him. An image of God living in our life. That's what the world what the world needs now is, is love, sweet love. Uh, well, no, what the world needs now is Jesus, sweet Jesus, amen? And the only way that the world is going to see Him is through the love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance that we live in our lives and put forth in front of the lost and dying world. Well, thirdly, not only some things to put off, some things to put on, but some things to let in. Now you look at verse 15. We've already read these, but just to go back over it, reiterate, it says, and let the peace of God rule in your heart. Now, wait a minute. Let 
The peace of God. See that? That's a very important three letter word. In that verse of scripture. It says and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. To which also you are called. Now there is a calling by the Holy Spirit. There is a calling by God in our lives. To live a life of peace. And to let that peace of God. Not the peace of the world. But my friend do you know that you cannot have the peace of God or peace with God in your life until you first have the peace of God. And the only way that you have the peace of God in your life is by submission and surrender of your life to the Lordship of Christ. That's called salvation. And then when you are born again, when you are regenerated, and then you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, then the Holy Spirit of God comes to take up residence on the inside of you. And the Holy Spirit of God living on the inside of you conforms you to the image of Christ. And the image of Christ is love, joy, long-suffering, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, peace, is part of that likeness of Christ. And you have the peace of God that passeth all understanding living in your hearts, and then it's shown in your lives to the world Around us, the peace of God only comes by peace with God. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 says this, Peace of God, peace with God. Isaiah uh, 26, I'm sorry, verse 3 says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. How do I have the peace uh, of God? Well, by first of all, having peace with God, and then by my mind staying on Christ. Where do you spend your mind? It's a lot more important than where you spend your time. Where you spend your mind is more important than where you spend your money. What is it that you focus your mind? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, for out of the heart proceed the issues of life. And when we focus our heart and our mind and everything that we are on everything that He is, Thou will keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on Thee. Why? Well, because we love Him and we live for Him. Because the end of that verse in Isaiah 26.3 says, Because He trusteth in Thee. You see, when we trust in the Lord and we focus our mind on Him, then the peace of God that passes all understanding fills, floods, and controls every ounce, every inch, every fiber of our being. You want 100% peace? Focus your heart and your mind on Christ 100% of the time. You want 50% of the peace? Give Him 50% of your mind and your time and your talent and your heart and your love. You want just a little bit of peace? 5 10%? Then give Him that. My friend, I see the world in a world of tor- turmoil. Torment, heartache, suffering. And the reason is, is because we have our minds focused on so many things other than what they should be focused on. The peace of God. Well, those are things to be let in. The peace of God, but also the Word of God. Look at verse 16, and it says this, Let the Word of God dwell in you. That is something else that we need to let in. Let the Word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart unto the Lord. Let the Word of God dwell in you richly. Boy, don't you like that? The Word of God is rich. And if the Word of God is poured into your mind on a daily basis, and sometimes two or three times a day, are you getting your daily dose 
of the Word of God. I send out something every morning called Coffee with Christ. I wake up in the morning and the first thing I do is I go over to the coffee pot and I pull it out and, and uh, pour some water in, put some coffee in and, and uh, turn the button on and let it start brewing. While it's brewing, I go sit down and open the Word of God. Well, I first start praying. I never open the Word of God, to be honest with you, without praying first. You've got to seek the Lord's face uh, before God will open uh, the understanding of His Word to you. And you pray God and you ask Him, God, open my heart, open my mind, give, him, give me wisdom, give me insight, give me understanding to what Your will and Your Word has to say. And then I open the Bible and I start skimming through it and just flipping through it, going from this passage to that passage, and all of a sudden one will jump off the page at me and speak to me, and I start building that little message that I do every morning and putting it out on Facebook called The Coffee with Christ. That sometimes takes me anywhere from an hour, sometimes up to two and a half hours for me just to glue that together and then get it sent out to 120 people or so. But my my friend, more importantly than studying that and putting it out and giving it to other people, more importantly is my personal, private time that I have with God. That is the most important time of your life that you spend in study and prayer with the Holy Spirit of God and with God in your life. Don't you hate it when that happens? I do. And yes, it happens to all of us from time to time. So uh, we, we know that there are things to uh, let in. That is the peace of God, the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 says this, For the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, dividing asunder or piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Do you know that when you're reading the Word of God, the Word of God is reading you? It is the only living book on the planet. It is the living Word of God. And that's what the word discerner means. That it is a discerner. It discerns. It reads you between the thoughts of your heart and what you, or the thoughts of your mind and what you really mean in your heart. It can tell who you are and whose you are and what you are and whether you really intend on doing the things that you promise to God, everything, everything that you promise to do or not. My friend, I want you to realize God knows our hearts. Psalm 119.11 says this, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Some things to put off. Some things to put on. Some things to let in, but some things to let out. Uh, we have, uh, well, we've taken in by faith. You know, I by grace through faith receive the Lord Jesus Christ. See, I didn't deserve that. I didn't earn it. I wasn't good enough to deserve it. God just by His mercy, by His grace, set His heart, His affection, His love on me. Reached into my heart, into my mind, illuminated, regenerated, woke me up from my spiritual slumber to where that I might receive, understand, see my sin, see my need, and receive Christ as my Lord and Savior. It was all by grace, not by anything that I deserved. And if that's true, then how many of the people around me not deserve it from God, but deserve from me. For me to let out some of the stuff that God has so richly blessed me with. 
Insight, understanding, the reception of the Holy Spirit, the understanding of the doctrines and the things of the Word of God that I might teach and preach and share my testimony and my witness. Every one of us who know Him as Lord and Savior have been given things by the grace of God that we should be giving back out to the lost world around us. Not only to the lost world around us, but even to those that go by the name of Christ who have not yet claimed the latter of religiosity and faith and Christianity maybe quite as far as we have. There are people on all sprungs of that ladder. We're all in the middle somewhere. We should be reaching down and pulling those up. We should be reaching up and helping ourselves to climb higher. We should be giving out the things that God has blessed us with in our hearts and in our lives. The things that we let out freely you have received, the Bible says, freely give. Well, what are some other things that we should give out? What, what, about, what about our service, our, our loyalty to the, to the Spirit of God, to the God uh, of heaven, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. In verse 17, it said this, Whatsoever you do in word and deed, uh, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. How, how different would life be? If we as Christians would just be loyal to the things that God has not requested of us, but that God has commanded, you do realize that this is not a book of requests. It's not optional. These are things that God has commanded us to do. And we should serve Him by obeying the Word of God. And we should do that loyally in His name. Boy, wouldn't that be good? In His name that we would take and it would take the sting out of a lot of the jobs that we have in this life that are so unpleasant. If we would just be thankful for the things that God has blessed us with and bless others with those things as well. Not only serve loyally, but serve with our heart. You look at verse 23 and it says this, And whatsoever you do, do it heartily. Heartily. That heartily uh, not only means robustly, but it literally means heartily from, from the heart with dedication and commitment and surrender of our hearts and our lives and everything that we are to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And a lot, one of the things that I have a feeling that, that is the problem here is that there is not really a lot of Lordship in our lives. There is, is self-service and self-love uh, and narcissism and we really put ourselves on the throne of our heart rather than heartily serving the Lord. Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 5 and 6 says this, Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and singleness of heart as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from your heart. From your heart. Now I know that there are, we, we don't have slaves in America anymore. Praise God. I think that there was a, that was a blemish. That was a taint uh, on our, on our nation. And I'm glad that that's over and done with. But there are still servants and masters in our country. There are still people who get a job and go to work every day for a master who writes their paycheck. My friend, I remember people that I used to work with that would slough off and do as little as they could possibly get by with. 
just to draw a check and not really earn it. My friend, that's ungodly. You see, we should obviously let some things out of our lives. And that thing that we should let out is the service. doing Serving the people that we work for, that we call boss. Maybe not master anymore, but they are our boss. And serving them as though we were serving the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. Do all things as unto the Lord. That is giving of yourself. You know, Jesus Christ gave up heaven, put on flesh, became a man in obedience to God the Father. And if Jesus Christ can pour out Himself the way that He did on the altar of sacrifice, that altar of sacrifice was in the form of a cross. And what it was that He poured out was not only His life for 33 and a half years, but literally His life's blood then we should have the like mind. That we should be like-minded. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but took upon Himself the form of a servant. We should be in the form of our Master Christ when we become servants to those that are around us. They don't have to be our boss. They don't have to write our check. I realize that out of the prison, I am a servant there i look at myself as a guest even though i've been hired even though i receive a paycheck i realize that i am a guest in that place and that they can let me go at any moment and they don't even have to give me a reason and i'll say yes lord whatever you say i'll do but as long as you allow me to be here i'm going to be the best chaplain that i can be i want to be the best pastor that i can be the best father that I can be the best grandfather. I've got two grandchildren sitting back there. I know that I don't spend the time with them that I would love to spend. But that the time I spend with them would be quality time. See, it's not how much you give, but how much quality you give of your life. They're sitting back there listening to their grandfather preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I got to baptize one of my grandchildren. I hope to do that again. One day, you see, those are things that we're talking about. Giving the best that we have. Not the most that we have. I spend a lot more time in other areas. But it's the best that we have to give that counts. Some things to put off, some things to put on. Some things to let in, some things to let out. Some things to look up for. You look in verse 24 and you'll have this message It says, knowing that of the Lord, you shall receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Jesus, the Lord Christ. You see, when we're looking up, we realize that there's coming a day that I'm going to stand before God and give an account of my life. That's true for every single human being on the face of the earth. Men, women, boys and girls, lost and saved, red, yellow, black or white. It makes no difference. They're going to stand before God one day. And they're either going to hear the words, depart from me, for I never had an intimate love relationship with you that resulted 
in a new birth, you being born again. I, I uh, depart from me for I never knew you. And that knew you is that intimate love relationship that I talk about all the time that results in a, in a new birth. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Oh, but my friend, listen, one day, there's no doubt in my mind that I'm going to look Christ in the eye and I'm going to hear the words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I can't wait. You see, everybody is looking for a different reward. What that, what that verse says, knowing that of Christ ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance. Lost or saved, you will receive the reward and the inheritance that you deserve, that you have earned. Some shall be cast into darkness, into outer darkness, and there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. But those that have put the right things on, taken the right things off, received the right things out, let the right thing in and let the right things out. Those shall hear those words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Enter in to thy rest and I'll give you a few more things to be over. I am so looking forward not to my mansion not to the jewels and silver and gold and all of the things that they say you know we'll be rewarded with those are things that i am actually looking forward to throwing at the feet of jesus christ because he and he alone is worthy of my life my time my talent he is worthy of everything in our lives all of the glory that all of the world can produce He is worthy of more than we can offer. Offer Him your heart. Offer Him your life. Romans 2.6 says this. Well, first I want to read Ephesians 6.8. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. And Romans 2.6 says, Who, speaking of God, speaking of Christ, who will render to every man according to his deeds. And then lastly, Galatians 6, 7 says this, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. My friend, there are so many people sitting on so many pews in so many churches around the world mocking God with a fake Christianity, a spurious faith, a faith that has had absolutely no impact on their lives. And they think that one day they're going to hear the words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. But my friend, God is not mocked. Be not deceived. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Let's pray. Father, we love You. We thank You for Your love, for Your mercy. Thank You, God, for this time. For us to examine